we're just gonna pray. We're gonna pray, okay? God, this is your word. And we ask right now that your spirit would enlighten us, would teach us, would challenge us, would motivate us to know you, to love you, to follow you, and to serve you. It is an honor, and we ask that you would speak through your word this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Keep it open because we're going to be uh, looking at a lot of verses in 2 Kings 22 and 23 together this morning. You know, last week we have been going through uh, First and Second Kings and looking at all the lives of the kings, uh, a lot of bad ones, some good ones, um, and, and all the back and forth that takes place. And by looking at the actions of the kings of Israel and Judah, we have seen those kings who choose to rule and live with God as their king, and those who choose their own way, and make up their own gods, including themselves. We have seen the consequences of the choices of those kings. We have been learning that how they lived not only affected them, but the people and the nation that they governed. And we have been learning that these lessons from the kings are not just ancient lessons, but also lessons for us today. And last week, Pastor Logan shared with us the truth about the good king named Hezekiah, who chose in the midst of much opposition to put his trust in the Lord God, to pattern his life and to lead the people of Judah in trusting the Lord. He was not a perfect king. Like us, he made some blunders along the way, but his deepest desire was to lead as one who put his trust in God. And the actions that he took because of that desire helped to put tr the trust of the people back in the Lord where it belonged. But the pattern of good king, bad king continues. Hezekiah's son, Manasseh, becomes king and ends up being about the worst one of all. Second Kings chapter 21, verse two, we read these words about Manasseh. And he did what was evil in the sight of the Lord according to the despicable practices of the nations whom the Lord drove out before the people of Israel. For he rebuilt the high places that Hezekiah his father had destroyed and he erected altars for Baal and made an Asherah as Ahab king of Israel had done and worshiped all the hosts of heaven and served them. And he built altars in the house of the Lord of which the Lord had said in Jerusalem, I will put my name. And he built altars for all the hosts of heaven in the two courts of the house of the Lord. And get this. And he burned his son as an offering. See, not only was he probably the most corrupt and evil king of Judah, he also ruled longer, 55 years. And after he died, his son Ammon only ruled two years before he was killed. And then his son Josiah, Ammon's son Josiah, became king at eight years old. In other words... It has been 57 years 
since Hezekiah, the king who trusted God, the king who had been on the throne. 57 years of corruption, evil, following after, after false gods, sacrificing children, use prostitution, both male and female, in the worship of false gods, and shedding the blood of innocent people all over Jerusalem. And this is where we pick up the account of an eight-year-old king named Josiah, the grandson of Manasseh, who has become king in Judah. And we read his story in 2 Kings 22 and 23. And it is amazing and, and obvious that only by the grace of God that after these 57 years of extreme evil, these words can be written of Josiah, the next king of Judah, 22-2, that Miguel read for us this morning. And he did, Josiah. And he did what was right in the eyes of the Lord and walked in all the way of David his father, and he did not turn aside to the right or to the left. When I read that, the first cut question that comes to my mind is, what are the chances that a good king could come out of all of that corruption? Granted, he was only eight years old when he became king. So he had not experienced all the evil of his father or grandfather. But I can't help but think, that God raised Josiah up to prepare the people for the prophesied destruction of Jerusalem that was to come because of the evil of his grandfather, Manasseh. As Pastor Logan mentioned last week regarding Hezekiah, it's very possible that the good influence of the life of Josiah also may very, very well have come from his mother, Jadida, and also those who counseled him and helped him rule in his 30 years. But I want to say to you as I read through these two chapters in the life of Josiah that I came to this conclusion that it was the word of God itself that became the driving force in his life. He came face to face with the word of God and it changed him. So this morning... I would like to look at Josiah's encounter with the Word of God in four parts. And if you have your notes, you just want to fill these in right now, that's okay. Number one, Josiah first discovered the Word of God. Secondly, he devoured the Word of God. Third, he declared the Word of God. And fourth, he did the Word of God. He discovered the Word of God. I just want to ask you a question. Just thinking, how many Bibles do you have? How many Bibles do you have? If we were to take a poll this morning with regards to the total number of Bibles in the homes and in the possessions of those who are here, how many would we come up with? And I know we have Bibles on our phones, tablets, and computers, so we can count each one of those as one. So how many others? Plus, when you are here, there are Bibles in every row. That's a lot of Bibles. Josiah had none. That seems unusual when you are living in Jerusalem where the temple to the Lord God was located. The God who had instructed Moses to write down so much for the people from God. 
Yet again, it doesn't seem that unusual when you take into consideration the last 57 years of history of Jerusalem and the nation of Judah. The last thing that Manasseh and those who followed him would have wanted to have read or even seen would have been the words of God regarding who he is and how his people should live. Look at verse 22, look at chapter 22, verse 8. And it says, And Hilkiah the high priest said to Shaphan the secretary, I have found the book of the law in the house of the Lord. And Hilkiah gave the book to Saphon, and he read it. He had to find it. What has happened here? The book of the law, by the way, most scholars believe that it was the book of Deuteronomy that was found, okay, was supposed to be in the house of the Lord. It was supposed to be read and followed. And I'm sure that it had not been read for a long time. It could have been hidden so it wouldn't be destroyed. Or it could have been put away so its words would not contradict the desires of the king and the people. Do you and I live in a world like that? I had a friend once who wanted me to do something with him that I knew was not in line with the word of God. Their response to my stand against the behavior was, oh, you just know the Bible better than I do. In other words, I don't want to read the Bible because it might cramp my style. Make me feel guilty, change my view of how God feels about my behavior and get in the way of me feeling good about what I want to do. And so the Bible gets put on the shelf, ridiculed as abusive, out of date, repressive, and cruel. Maybe even hidden away somewhere or even gotten rid of as the world around us becomes more cruel, hateful, and divisive and creative with regard to what their God is like. But the question for us is, is the Bible the word of God? And if that God is perfect, all-knowing, and loves us enough to send his son to die for us, then maybe his word is not an oppressive rule book, but genuine words from God regarding his nature and his plan for us to live the best life ever? A book from a God that wants us to know him and wants the absolute best for us and knows that as our creator, he is the only one capable of providing that life for us. Following him is, is the way to life, not death. The way to true fulfillment, not disappointment. The way to being all that you were created to be instead of what the world says that you should be the way to experiencing forgiveness, love, wisdom, and eternal life with the creator of all things. So let's get back to Josiah. What happened next? We are told in 22.10 this, then Saphon, the secretary, told the king, Hilkiah the priest has given me a book. And Saphon read it before the king. You see, Josiah did not just take the book of the law from Saphon and say, thanks, maybe I'll look at it later. Or even just think, that book would look good on my shelf. No, this was Josiah's first experience with the actual word of God. And what are we told took place? Saphon read it before the king. The whole thing. And Josiah listened 
and learned. His life was opened up to the very word of God, and he listened. He had discovered what had been right there in the temple all along. The very words of God for his people were in the temple, and Josiah never knew. This took Josiah on a journey. He had discovered what God said in the word and that he did not know. And this changed him. Have you discovered the word of God? Not that you have a copy or have the app on your phone, but do you open it, read it, or truly listen to it? It does you no good on your shelf. You get no points from God because you have a copy or the app. Discover the word of God. Open it. Read it. Or even with all the technology, we don't need a Saphon to read it to us, but a voice on our smartphone can do that for us. The transformation of your life may very well begin with you truly discovering the word of God. The word of God that brings you face to face with God himself. Josiah discovered the word of God and it impacted him. But Josiah did more than just discover the word of God. Josiah devoured the word of God. In other words, Josiah did not just let the, he just not just let the word of God that was read to him go in one ear and out the other. He chewed on it, savored it, swallowed it, if you will, it became part of him. Look at what, are we, what we are told about Josiah after hearing the word of God. 22.11 says this. When the king heard the words of the book of the law, he tore his clothes. Josiah believed what was read to him and it impacted him deeply. He took it to heart and look at what it led him to do. Look at 22.13. He says, go inquire of the Lord for me and for the people and for all Judah concerning the words of this book that has been found. For great is the wrath of the Lord that is kindled against us because our fathers have not obeyed the words of this book to do according to all that is written concerning us. See, Josiah not only took it to heart, but he sought the insight of others regarding what had been read to him. He wanted to know its application to him and the people of Judah. He sought help from faithful followers of Yahweh and a prophetess named Huldah. She was a woman of God, and many scholars believe that her husband may very well, I thought this was interesting, very well be the uncle of Jeremiah. The point is, though, that Josiah wanted to know more, and he was hungry to know more. And look what is said about Josiah regarding his deep devotion to the God that he found in the word of God. Look at verses 18 and 19 of chapter 22. This is the words of the prophetess Huldah as she speaks for God regarding Josiah. But to the king of Judah who sent you to inquire of the Lord, thus shall you say to him, thus says the Lord, the God of Israel, Regarding the words you have heard, listen to this. Because your heart was penitent and you humbled yourself before the Lord when you heard how I spoke against this place and against its inhabitants. 
that they should become a desolation and a curse. And you have torn your clothes and wept before me. I also have heard you, declares the Lord. It is important that we notice something in this passage. The prophetess Huldah says, thus says the Lord. The words that she says about the king are God's words. And look at what God says about Josiah. God says that his heart was penitent. In other words, what Josiah heard from the word of God led him to repent of wrongdoing of sin to the Lord God. He took what he read to heart. But God sees even more in Josiah regarding his his response. God says, you humbled yourself before the Lord. The word of God reminded Josiah, listen to this, the word of God reminded Josiah who was in charge, who was God, who was ultimately in control, who had even brought the kingdom that he was king over into existence. In fact, it is easy to miss this, but did you see the words that God uses to describe Josiah through Huldah the prophetess? 2 Kings 22, 15, and she said to them, thus says the Lord, the God of Israel, tell the man who sent you to me. God reminded Josiah or confirmed what Josiah had heard from the word of God, that he, in God's eyes, was just a man. And Josiah, humbling himself before the Lord, demonstrated that he had not just heard the word of God, but was taking it in, believing it, and responding appropriately to who was really king. You see, when you and I truly devour the word, we come to the same conclusion that Josiah did. We are not God, and we are certainly not in charge. But we're also told that Josiah wept. He wept when he heard and was reminded of all that God had done for the people of Israel. He wept when he got a picture of just how far the people of God had fallen from following and worshiping God. And he wept when he came to understand the judgment that was coming for a people who had turned their backs on God, a God who had chosen them, protected them, empowered them, loved them, and demonstrated his grace to them over and over again. He took all of this to heart, and he wept. You see, Josiah didn't just read the word and hear the word. He soaked it in, believed it, devoured every word, and it changed him. The question for us today is, not just do we read the word, but do we ingest it, truly believe it, Allow it to impact us. Does it, as Paul says in Romans 12 too, does it renew our minds, clear our heads, teach us about a great God, motivate us to truly inquire of him and follow him and obey him? Do we really believe the word of God when it says that Jesus is the only way and we are all sinners in need of this grace that is provided for us only through the work of Christ? Do we really believe that Jesus' way is the only way to true, fulfilling, and eternal new life? Do we really believe that following Jesus is worth it? There is more about Josiah and the word of God that we need to notice from this passage today. 
Josiah not only discovered the word and devoured the word of God, he also declared the word of God. 2 Kings 23, 1 and 2. Then the king sent, and all the elders of Judah and Jerusalem were gathered to him. And the king went up to the house of the Lord, and with him all the men of Judah and all the inhabitants of Jerusalem, and the priests and the prophets, all the people, both small and great. And listen to this. And he read in the hearing all the words of the book of the covenant that had been found in the house of the Lord. You see, the word of God was not just for Josiah, but for the people. Josiah read it, he ingested it, and he understood that the rest of the people needed to hear this. Is this how we feel about the word of God? You see, Josiah already knew that he could not stop the destruction to come. And Josiah knew that he would not personally experience the judgment to come to the people in the kingdom at the hands of the Babylonians, yet he still declared the word of God to them. He personally, get this, this is the king, he personally reads the entire book of the law, Deuteronomy, to the people gathered at the temple. He doesn't let someone who works for him, a servant or a priest, no, we are told that he reads it to the people himself. This was not a job of the king. He would have others do this kind of stuff for him. Yet this word of God had so moved him that he personally read it to the people. And even more so, we are told that he read it all. He knew he couldn't change the future. But what he could do is personally declare the word of God to all the people Remind them that Yahweh is the only true God. Call them to repentance. Remind them of all that God has done for them and the greatness of their God. And the rest was up to God, not him. Just a note that I put down here for myself. If you put together the length of time the kings of Judah that came after Josiah, okay, there were Two, it can't be more than 11 or 12 years until Nebuchadnezzar from Babylon first comes and besieges Jerusalem and t- takes all the officials and, and people with him back to Babylon. For 2 Kings 24, 14 says this, and he carried away all Jerusalem and all the officials and all the mighty men of valor, 10,000 captives, and all the craftsmen and the smiths. None remained except the poorest people in the land. I can't help but wonder, if you know your Bible, I can't help but wonder if Daniel and his friends were part of that group that was carried off. Can't help but wonder if they or their parents were influenced or strengthened by Josiah faithfully declaring the word of God. Just a thought. It is is a good reminder to us that when we declare the word of God humbly, wanting nothing more, than to honor God and change the hearts of men and women to the true God, a just God who also loves them. We don't know the impact that God's word may have on others that we never see or never know. There is one more important observation that we need to make about the life of Josiah. You see, he not only discovered the word, he not only devoured the word, 
and declared the word, but he did what it said. He did the word. You see, Josiah took the word of God to work into his life. He lived out God's word. You see, first he took a very public pledge, didn't he? A covenant to live by and uphold all that was written in the book of the law in the word of God. 23.3. And this king stood by the pillar and made a covenant before the Lord. Get this, first, to walk after the Lord and to keep his commandments and his testimonies and his statutes with what? With all his heart, all his soul, and to perform the words of this covenant that were written in this book. Reminds me a little bit of Joshua's words to the people of Israel when they first came in to the promised land. Joshua 24, 15 says this. Joshua says, and if it is evil in your eyes to serve the Lord, choose this day whom you will serve. Whether the gods of your fathers served in the region beyond the river or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell. But as for me, in my house we will serve the Lord. The first thing that Josiah did is he took a stand in front of the people to stay true to God <coughs> and the ways of God as written in the word of God. So he made a confession of his faith and trust in Yahweh before all the people. He put a stake in the ground, as you will, if you will, as to whom he would worship and follow, the one and only true God, and do it according to the word of God. We are so told that the people followed his lead and also made the same covenant with God. Maybe it was a rededication. But look at what else Josiah did. Look at chapter 23, verse 4. In verse 4, it says this. And the king commanded Hilkiah the high priest and the priests of the second order and the keepers of the threshold to bring out of the temple of the Lord all the vessels made for Baal, for Asherah, and for all the hosts of heaven. He burned them outside Jerusalem in the fields of the Kidron and carried their ashes to Bethel. He removed everything from the temple that has been put there to worship other false gods. Notice that he didn't put them in storage, okay? Like we do our Christmas decorations so that we can use them next year. He had them destroyed. He had them destroyed. See, he not only did that in the temple, but we're told that everywhere that worship of false gods was done in the land, he wanted to destroy everything that was false and detestable to God. And he, and he did all of this. How and why did he do it? Look at chapter 23, verse 24. 23. 24 says this, moreover, Josiah put away the mediums and the necromancers and the household gods and the idols and all the abominations that were seen in the land of Judah and in Jerusalem that he might establish the words of the law that were written in the book that Hilkiah the priest found in the house of the Lord. In other words, according to the word of God. He not only discovered it, he not only devoured it, he not only declared it, he did it. 
But let's be real here. Do you think after all those years of detestable practices and the worship of false gods that Josiah encountered resistance? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. You can count on it. Look at what we're told in 2 Kings 23.9. It says this, after Josiah's been out destroying all these, all these things of worshiping false gods, it says, however the priests, the priests of those false gods, of the high places, listen to this, did not come up to the altar of the Lord in Jerusalem, but they ate unleavened bread among their brothers. In other words, kind of in pretense, okay? They still believed in their false gods, but that did not stop Josiah. You see, Josiah was jealous for his God and did the work that God required in his word. He knew that all the things that he was destroying were also destroying his kingdom and the lives of its people and turning God against them. But the word of God, the word of God led Josiah to do the work of God for the glory of God, no strings attached, no matter the outcome. Look at what else Josiah did. Chapter 23, verse 21. And the king commanded all the people, keep the Passover to the Lord your God. Listen to what, listen what comes after it. As it is written in this book of the covenant. The Passover was a reminder of the saving grace of God and looking forward to the work of, Je of Jesus the Messiah on the cross. And why did Josiah command it? Because it was written in the book of the covenant, the word of God. Thoughts that I had. We wonder why Jerusalem was destroyed if all the people made or remade a covenant with God based upon the word of God. But look at the kings that followed Josiah if you read the rest of chapter 23. There's, there's a sentence that's repeated and that we've heard repeated uh, almost all the way through uh, this study of these two books. And it says this, and he did what was evil in the sight of the Lord according to all that his fathers had done. And read the words of the prophet Jeremiah concerning the people of Judah during the time of Josiah. God says these words through Jeremiah to these people under Josiah, yet for all this, her treacherous, treacherous sister Judah did not return to me with what her whole heart, but in pretense, declares the Lord. Can I just say that God knows the hearts of men and women? God knows the hearts of men and women. And God knew the hearts of the men and women of Judah, but that did not stop Josiah from being faithful to God by doing the word of God. Just a little warning here as I read through this. I wrote this down. Remember that Josiah read all of the book of the law to the people. They heard of God's provision as well as God's warnings. They heard of God's, they heard of the blessings of obedience as well as the curses of disobedience. They heard of repentance and the overwhelming grace of God in forgiveness. They heard that the laws of God were for their good, not to punish them, but to give them the best life in the hands of a great and loving God. This is all part of what Josiah read to them. I say this because it is easy to want judgment on others without grace. 
And that is not the word of God. It is also easy to want to live in the grace of God and yet live life worshiping other gods. And that is not the word of God either. That's in pretense, isn't it? God knows the hearts of all men and women. And men and women who are truly people of the word of God will live lives that honor God and do the work that he has given them to do. Paul says it this way in Ephesians 2, 8 through 10. He says, for by grace you've been saved through faith. And this is not your own doing. It is a gift of God. Not as a result of works so that no one may boast. For we are what? His workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. A lot of lessons from Josiah, the king of the word. Discover the word. Maybe rediscover it. Men, men especially, we need to stop thinking that the Bible is for women and kids. It's not. It is for you as well. And we see here through the life of Josiah, it is a book of action, loyalty, bravery, and service. It will take you to a transforming boot camp greater than any experience the world could give you. If you think God is wimpy, then you don't know God. It is because he is so great that his love and grace are so unbelievable. And you will not know that until you pull that book off the shelf or open that app and begin to read. Asking God to open your eyes to discover the wonders of God who wants to transform you and enlist you into his service. Men and women, I call on you to discover the word of God, to devour the word of God, to declare the word of God, to do the word of God. The time is now, and all four, all four are essential. Second Kings 23, 25 says this about Josiah. Before him, there was no king like him who turned to the Lord, get this, with all his heart, and with all his soul, and with all his might. And how does it end? According to all the law of Moses, nor did any like him arise after him. He did it God's way that he learned from God's word. Men and women, church, friends, guests, just want to end with this. Let's get busy. Let's get busy. I just want to say one other thing in that if you don't have a Bible, you go back to guest services, all you got to do is say, I'd like to have a Bible. And we got one for you. If you'd rather have one on your phone, we can find some people that can help you download an app. Okay? But it starts there. You need to decide to pull it off the shelf. Open the app. And ask God to show you him and what he wants you to do and devour it and declare it and do it. Let's pray.
God, it is so easy to live in a busy world where you get left behind. Forgive us. But thanks again for your patience with us and your grace to us. God, we, uh, we, just don't, we just don't get it. I don't get it. How lucky and how blessed we are to have your word, your very word in our hands. Thank you, God. And God, I pray as the people of God open your word this week that you would just enlighten them that you would bless them, that you would teach them, that you would challenge them, that you would give them a hunger and a desire to read and know more and declare your word and get up and take it to work with them, to live it out, to do it. Pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.